There it is. You feel that bass come crashing in? Have you been waiting all week? I have too. Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Ritual and Squarespace. Squarespace! They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games, and there are many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host... Slash nemesis. The guy who's staying out of the fires, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. I'm just glad you didn't make me uh, have a play-in spot for this guest host role. Like, it was all, all year I've been pretty solid, but I've had a number <laughs> of injuries recently, and yeah. Steph's looking deadly, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm happy to be here. And Dude. you know what? Play-in's overrated. We, we played a full season this is my spot. <laughs> you it. want that spot. You got to keep that spot, baby. Uh, Steph's having a year. Woo! He's having a year. Having a year. Uh, we're having a year, too. It's going to be a good one. We got we got a show for you. We got lots to talk about, games and game news. And we also have an awesome guest. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for Determining a List of Contenders. Because from Game Ranks, as well as lots of other places, uh, we have the internet's own Jake Baldino with us. Hey, Jake. Hey, what's up, boys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We're excited to talk to you. Uh, there's a lot to get to. Oh, yeah. So it's let's a week. jump in. Let's, uh, let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments, questions, even your own reviews at that email address. They may show up on the show. We'd love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also visit our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Or our Discord, which is also 5 by 5 dlc Check it out. Fun community. I urge you to be a part of it. But Jake, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? I think the most exciting thing this week, the thing that kind of set the internet ablaze was definitely the Ubisoft news where they came out and said that they would rely less on AAA development and more on uh, free-to-play high-end titles, which those words scare a lot of people. But it's a, uh, it's, it's a hell of a story. Yes, this is, of course, the earnings call that Ubisoft uh, revealed some interesting tidbits. Those, those earning call, earnings calls can be uh, some dry sometimes and uh, uninteresting. Yeah. This one, we also got an earnings call from EA this week where they're like, Battlefield's going to be great, and we're putting it out on last-gen consoles. And it was like, okay, not, not news. But please be Ubisoft, excited. <laughs> yeah, please be excited. Uh, but this Ubisoft news, uh, it's chock full of interesting tidbits, including... Something that I'm, I'm curious to see, Jake, how, how you feel about it and, and 
whether you think it was blown out of proportion. Because as you referred to, the uh, the big, I think, headline coming out of this is a quote from chief financial officer at Ubisoft uh, saying that, now, now listen, to the, listen to the wording on this, ladies and gentlemen. A quote, in line with the evolution of our high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse, we are moving on from our prior com- comment regarding releasing three to four premium triple A's per year. Triple uh, A games, it, it, quote, is no longer a proper indication of our value creation dynamics. <laughs> uh, we think we have a great opportunity to meaningfully expand the audience of our biggest franchises. Uh Basically, the idea here is people think that they've, they've, you know, people have posted on the internet, of course, hearing this, Assassin's Creed is dead. Far Cry is dead. It's only free to play from now on. Of course, we saw just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about on the show, uh, the expansion of The Division, which Ubisoft is already talking about with a free to play uh, app there which had some leaks hard too which aren't yes. part of this earnings call but it was like like, like watermarked with users names being posted wow. right uh, so what do you think about this jay i mean do you think this is really a uh, a flag in the sand or a line in the sand saying we're not making uh big triple a games anymore we're focusing on on free to play or do you think this is a little bit double speak for we're going to make money any way we can <laughs> yeah definitely that one i i feel well first of all with a lot of these types of things i don't really try and judge it until i see action because yeah. you know companies can talk a lot and that's that's great to put a direction forward but it's putting it in action but on the on the other hand if like you follow the inside baseball of this stuff i feel like you understand that the money is in all of this other, you know, mobile free to play experimenting with these types of things. So obviously they're going to go for it. They played around with it already. I just think it's some of the wording in that statement that freaked people out, like the phrase "moving on." We're moving yeah. on from it. People are like, ah, it's like <laughs> I feel like we're already at the point where we haven't seen a Splinter Cell game in years and years. So we're going to be waiting regardless. Ubisoft is letting us down in some ways, but <laughs> I, I definitely think it's it, it's something that they're accompanying uh, because they kind of like came out and clarified that statement a little bit where essentially it's like, Oh no, no, this is still one of our legs, but we're, we're like strengthening our other leg. And that leg is the, the free to play craziness type stuff. You thought we were bipodal. We're actually octipodal. We have so many, <laughs> look at these legs. Like look it reminded me, we have, it reminded me of Nintendo when they were like, uh, we have three pillars we have the switch or whatever it's like we have the d the 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 3ds still one of our it's very important when do games you have coming for it it's a pillar okay it is a pillar (laughs) i've worked in a company where i was part of a vertical a very important vertical this is a vertical this is a call up anytime height style things get brought into the mix they're lying (laughs) (laughs) well so Jake brought up the fact that there was some clarification. Uh, Sean Lama, this, a senior analyst at Ubisoft, uh, responded to a tweet by Jeff Keighley about this, uh, saying that, quote, regarding the Ubisoft comment, it's in reference to free-to-play becoming a larger share of the revenue pie, not an indication that there will be less traditional paid games like Assassin's Creed. The content mix 
is expanding, not changing. A good comparison is the evolution of Call of Duty since Warzone. So it's so pies, seen a- not legs. I, I screwed it up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you're right right on, Jake. And and everybody needs to slow their roll a bit, in my opinion, with this kind of stuff, because A, it's a financial call. So it's it's bean counters talking to bean counters, right? It's It's the bean counters at the company talking to the people who are bean counting their stock prices. And- so and you can tell by the manner of the quote, the the language of the quote is so clumsy and uh, awkward. You know, it's it's are looking at our thing. We have doubly uh, we're moving on from the previous time. It's all of that. Like basically what they're saying is we're going to make money in ways that we haven't mentioned before. And we're going to focus on making money a lot of different ways. And I I would be shocked if we didn't see another big Assassin's Creed, AAA, purchase it, single-player game from them. But we're, we're also likely to see these free-to-play Assassin's Creed game, the free-to-play Far Cry game. These things are very, very lucrative, and they themselves are pointing to Activision and Call of Duty as an example of the kinds of things they want to be doing. So I guess my question to you now, Jake, is do you think that is still a bad thing? The The, like... The eternal optimist in me, like, I guess because it's just I talk about this stuff. So, like, I have fun talking about it. So, like, <laughs> I can't help but get excited just being like, what would a free to play Far Cry be like? How yeah. much would they change it? How would they incorporate Far Cry elements into Battle Royale? I don't know. We were joking about it on the show. We were calling it like Far, far Cry, Far Craddle Royale. Like, we were trying to come up with a horrible <laughs> word mix. Um, but I, I would like to see them get a little weird with it and experiment with it. As I brought up Splinter Cell before, as much as I still want just traditional Michael Ironside single player narrative campaign, like maybe they're working on that. God knows who knows, but we could also get something where it's like a free to play spies versus mercs and where I think like, yeah, that's a no brainer. And if they were to do that, I'd say, yeah, I get it. You guys want to make money, but use a cool property in a creative way. That's what I would like. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think obviously the first one of these that we're going to see, or at least the first that's announced and seems to be coming first is the division heartland, which could be a good indicator of their plans in this regard. And how close is it to the division boxed AAA release type product or how, how much does it diverge from that template? I think will be interesting to find out. Um, Christian, does this a, does this, feel like the right reading of this uh these comments and b are you worried about a more uh, an ubisoft that's more focused on free to play yeah hey jeff christian's unavailable right now but um i did want to read from my marketing Uh, notes that i uh i sent to ubisoft mark Um, how do you even get this number i don't understand (laughs) i I, and i enjoy that you're here i appreciate your insight mark is mark from marketing everybody i'm mark thank you for talking to us What, what what is what's What's your take on this, Mark? Well, uh, I want to answer your question about how I got your number. That is an excellent question. And that is a question I will answer. But what I really want to talk about today is this earnings call, because every call is an opportunity to be talking to your audience. Your audience here is uh, everybody. So these Mm. are the notes that I gave to Ubisoft to say, hey, dogs, we're about to be making that money. Um, Remember the scene at the end of The Dark Knight, everybody's favorite movie, hashtag love it, when Joker burnt all that cash, 
I'm mm-hmm. unburning that cash. We are going to revitalize that cash through market synergies that bring together the full force of the marketplace across creative spectrums that revitalizes our network and our co-systems of ecosystems Mark, across I think the we're, environment. We're, we're wow. losing your, the connection on your line here. No, Mark. it's clear. I'm I can see it. I have it. I have the waveforms. Yeah. And we are going mm. to, um, man, I, it does kind of blow my mind. Do you, do you guys remember when E3 were these conferences? And they were like, slide 24. We yeah. saw year over year growth of this. <laughs> and I'm not saying that earnings calls need to be showcases, but I do think we're going to start seeing anything that is public and listenable, able to be tuned in. I think we are going to start seeing people putting a little more sizzle on it or being a, choosing their words a little more carefully and then burying the dirty financials and just white papers, <laughs> you know, that come out. Because Ubisoft did a significant amount of backtracking on a thing that they didn't think would get picked up because it had buzz and it becomes, you know, then it becomes this story. I think to me, the biggest takeaway from it is Ubisoft is now trying to do what they've been trying to do, but with IP that are known. Um, Like they had um, Hyperscape for a while they've had a bunch of mobile games that have tried not a bunch but there's been some you know of their mobile games that try putting in this freemium experience with uh, properties a little bit but it wasn't quite the game type that you would know for that franchise Mm -hmm. um they've been doing rayman games on mobile for years so it's a space they're keenly aware of i think now they're trying to bring their money making ips and as jake mentioned some of those ips have modes that would work well in this freemium space. I, I think, how, what does the division look like as a free to play game? A right. lot like the division. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. How much am I going to pay for a scarf in the division? That's the question. That's what I wanted to ask you guys. You guys talk about the division a lot here. I think you talked about the heartland stuff last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you, so now with this new news, does this change what you guys think? Like, what, what do you think this would be like? I'm worried, frankly. I mean, I, I'm just, old enough that free to play isn't a good thing for me. Uh, I like purchasing the game and then playing the game and then being done with playing the game, but that's an outmoded way to uh, approach video game design. So I get it. I mean, I think all of these companies see this pile of money in this. It's not, it's not even just a pile of money. It's a perpetual money machine. It's the, the game that keeps on giving, you know, the idea that we can have Pokemon, um, Go, go, yeah, go. Pokemon Go, right? That it can make a billion dollars every year for the last, what, seven years? And you have a game that's in a box that you can sell one time to people. And yeah, there's DLC and updates like that. But the way these, these free-to-play games are much more long-lasting, have much longer tails, I think you'd be foolish if you were a large publisher not to recognize that and try to put some effort into cultivating that revenue stream. So... I get it, but I, I'm a little more old school in the, in the sense that it, it doesn't seem like good news to me. It doesn't, but then again, you know, we also bring up over and over on the show, all these great examples of free to play games that do what, you know, the, the Fortnites of the world. And there, there are plenty of free to play games, league of legends and Dota, you know, free to play games that are, that actually do it well. And people like their, their monetization and don't feel like they're predatory in the same sense. So what do you think, Jake? I mean, are, are you, are you, do you 
are you in that camp that I'm in where it's like, this just doesn't feel like something I get excited about. I, I don't want these big companies to be making that. Or do you see the potential in the fact that these could be great games? It, it, I go back and forth. Like I, I started by saying I'm, I'm the eternal optimist and like, I'm like, what, what could these things be like? These properties twisted into new free to play things. But ultimately I say that as, as someone who's not really going to be playing them much or i know i'm gonna play for a minute and be like oh yeah this is actually surprisingly creative and then i just bounce off it hard because i I think the bigger issue with a lot of these types of games when they go to this free-to-play endlessly playing and earning model is that people have limited time and they can only play so much i have friends that love destiny that's the only thing they have or they love warframe that's their only thing I kind of like the division and the division two. That was the one thing that I had time to keep going back towards. So as more of these things pop up, and if there is a free to play uh, Rayman MMORPG, <laughs> like yeah. or, or whatever they're doing, I, I really wonder. Like time bandwidth is a thing for their audience. It has to be right. No, I hundred percent. I th- I think that's true, and I think when all games are infinite, right, then they start cannibalizing one another but they have to right because there's just no room for it and i I think you've already seen that a bit with this a little bit of uh undercurrent of people saying hey you know what i like is games that are like two to eight hours long (laughs) you know that's that's a nice thing i don't mind spending that over and over and getting those digestible things it's it'll be interesting to see how this evolves with uh, ubisoft you know also on the call also on the earnings call they mentioned the slate of games that are set to launch before March 31st, 2022, which is the end of the current financial year for Ubisoft. And that list is Far Cry 6, Rainbow Six Quarantine slash Parasite, which, can they even keep the quarantine name at this point? I feel like we've all lived through a quarantine. It's not a positive. Anyway, uh, Riders Republic, The Division Heartland, which we've talked about, and the remake of Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and Roller Champions. So those are all set to release before the end of their current fiscal year, which is 2022. They 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 followed that up by saying something very odd, which is they have no AAA titles scheduled to launch in the second half of 2022, which means the holiday games for 2022 is none from Ubisoft. Now, I don't know if that's because they're going to have a big reveal of what those games are at some point. Or if they're honest and they're like, we just got nothing for end of 2022. Seems strange. Maybe uh, it but, could be bottlenecking from, uh, you know, pandemic related development issues. Good point. Like a lasting That's, effect. That's all I can think of off the top of my head. Very good point. And we may be seeing more of that. You, you may yeah. be bringing up something that we'll see not just from Ubisoft, but from a lot of people. Um some people also noted it's interesting that Skull and Bones, the ship to ship combat game that was announced years ago now uh not on that slate at any point which is interesting that's my game that's, that's I'm like game? the only person <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, well damn it <laughs> i wonder if it. that game's gonna ever happen at this point it feels like it's you know i don't even know if it, they're just like don't think about that game you know, i still barely even know what it is but i i know it's a pirate <laughs> game and i know they made that one pirate game that i liked a lot yeah. so i'm i'm still all in whenever it happens i'm <laughs> I'm running the Reddit. I'm not, but <laughs> this is the Beyond Good and Evil two of uh, of pirate of pirate games. games. Yeah, uh, Christian, what do you what do you make of this this lineup and the big gaping hole in the holiday 2022? 
Yeah, I agree with Jake. I imagine it's just, and you know, you can't mislead the SEC in an earnings call, so it can't be purposefully inaccurate information. Well, it shouldn't be. There are repercussions for it. Um, I think there's just nothing yet. But the back half of 2022 is a ways away. You know, I I, yeah. I, I have to imagine, and I've heard these rumors about this year's E3, which is, so, do you have that bumper, Jeff, just so we can play it? Can you? Oh, you're going to make me get that. Can you get that? I mentioned it. Yeah. 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 Can we get that? Can we get that? Oh, man. It's soon. You should have this ready to go. I should, but that would make me a professional, which I'm not. (laughs) I can sit here and talk for a. There it is. Thank there you. It is. I've heard uh, some rumors of this year's E3 that it should be good, but also what Jake was talking about. This pandemic is real. Its effects aren't, um, you know, fully known in terms of how they delay work. And I have to imagine that there are still some people right now for holiday 2021 going, where do we put this on the calendar? Do we put this on the calendar or do we just make it? next year these dates are fluid and they're moving around and you already predicted jeff that every game gets delayed yeah so for ubisoft to say that we don't currently have anything on the calendar for you know holiday 2022 2022 doesn't feel that surprising to me i imagine they will have something then whether it's a whole new game or a big expansion or a next season but that or one of these that we just mentioned that'll get delayed until then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It, it's, and I think to, you know, the point about all these free to play games and you mentioned, um, you and Jake were talking about the time and, you know, we saw a similar thing with everyone has to have an MMO. Everyone has to have, uh, you know, battle royale. Hotnesses. Yeah, yeah. There's money on the table. We got to go after them. Right. And some will be successful and, and many will be hyperscape. Uh, and, yeah. and kind of fall off. I got to say that lineup is a is pretty front loaded because I think Rainbow Six is coming out relatively soon, right? Far Cry is right around the corner, and Rainbow Six. And then it, for me, I mean, the Prince of Persia. I'm a huge Prince of Persia fan, and Sense of Time is, I think, a very good game. It's just a remake, right? It's I don't think that's a big tentpole release. And then you've got Riders Republic, okay, Roller Champions, okay. And Division Heartland, which is that free-to-play game, uh, it's not a huge... I mean, Ubisoft is a major publisher. That's, I mean, I guess Far Cry 6 and Rainbow Six Quarantine are the big games. Um, but, boy, it sure seems like there's not a lot of meat there to me. But maybe I'm crazy. All yeah, right. I, I think all that's missing... I mean, it's... All that's missing is an Assassin's Creed... Uh, or division, and they're doing the division. It just happens to be free to play. Like the IP's yeah. there. There's just no Assassin's Creed this year, right? Like, I guess I don't. That's a lot of games versus last year where they did three of the same game in a two month period. <laughs> or that's yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think they'll be all right. And maybe Beyond Good and Evil. I mean, heck, does is that the holiday 2022 game? Like, that'd be that'd be kind of mind blowing if that gets dropped. Like, it, it's done. We did it. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I doubt it. Um, what a world that would be. Yeah. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on from that. Uh, Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, I want you to combine a couple of stories, Jeff. So I'm going to save How them dare for you. you. 
Because I know I know what you're going to want to talk about. So for me, the story of the week is Sony getting into these colorways. I I love a good colorway when it comes to controllers. Um, I have not, as I'm looking around in my collection, I, I did not buy that beautiful, what I call, what is it, electric or shock? That beautiful highlighter yellow, yellowy green Xbox controller. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's exquisite. I did not buy it. I resisted. And I'm currently resisting, but the news is that Sony has announced their two, first two colorways for the DualSense, and it is a black and a red. And Jake, they're so beautiful. I want them all. I have no. I play my PS5 exclusively single player or online with friends because um, my wife's not interested in the games I play on my PS5 aren't really for my kids yet. But I want them both. They're so good. They're so good. Yeah, they are. They they really are. Even the the red. I'm not usually into red controllers or red things, but I saw that red one and I was like, ooh, I need it. It's, it's nice. It's I, so good. My response it, it, when you said uh, black and red is boo, yay. Uh, <laughs> we don't need the black one. We don't no, need the you, black one. Everybody's got a black one. But you don't now because it comes with the white one. You need the black one. You don't need the black one. I don't need another one that looks just like my oh. other DualShock controllers. It looks uh, so good. When I glance at them or my Xbox controllers, I, I liked the fact that the PS5 controller stood out from the crowd and looked different. It didn't look like every other controller in my bin O controllers. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think that red is dead sexy. I'm into it. I love the red. I'm considering buying the red, but these are $70 controllers. Yeah, I know. That is very, very steep. I keep trying to be like, okay, I will buy it and I'll play Sackboy. With, I'll, I'll, my daughter and I will play... And I keep ju- maybe I'll play it takes two on PS5. Yeah, I'm not that into it, but I need to buy this controller. <laughs> yeah. I'm just disappointed it's black. Do do the red and do a green or do a red and any other color. But I I I don't I don't need the like boring black personally, but I I like that two tone. I like the fact that it's two tone and the black is not two tone. Jake, I like your shirt. Don't listen to Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Chris, I, Christian, for, for the people at home, I'm, I'm wearing a black shirt. So. <laughs> uh, you know, I do like uh, uh, with the red, it kind of signifies their visual philosophy moving forward. It's like a high end, it's kind of like a, a classy red. It kind of looks yeah. like a red that like a Land Rover would be. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see like what other colors they do with that spin. Hopefully like a cool blue one or like maybe like a champagne colored one. Yeah. See, all of that better than boring monochrome black. I like black because I think people like that having it across the spectrum. And as I mentioned, you know, I like my white, but I'm I'm worried about it, that kind of that oxidation or whatever it is. And also like Christian has very toxic hands. The grossest. (laughs) They will will turn a white controller into a beige controller in the drop of a hat. Christian cheese hands over here. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. One. I love the Packers and two Britney Spears is toxic was about my hands. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm more curious. If we can go into speculation land. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Do you think we're going to get colorway consoles sooner than later? Or is this, is this kind of to some extent, you know, selling stuff to people that have been able to buy the console while people still can't buy the console. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see any, any, any other color consoles anytime soon yet, just because they're still scrambling to get these things out as much They're as not- I want that. I think D brand is killing it with the skin game. I see a lot of people doing cool stuff. I'm too afraid to do that. Uh, but respect to those people. <laughs> You're yeah. telling me that Sony's not going to do a limited edition console when their console is still limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you got the limited edition one. Congratulations. <laughs> Jeff, uh, do you think we'll see something more around their E3, quote unquote, which maybe is early as their days of play event is happening this month now versus June? Typically, it's coincided with their E3 press conference. Do you think this is the pre-release drop of other you know, fun stuff? Like, do you think there will be a God of War Ragnarok controller or stuff no, like that? No, I think, I think the, uh, the hardware at E3 that I'm hoping for is PlayStation VR 2, which we're going to get to in a second. But um, I, I agree with Jake. I think it's, it's already constrained to the point where, you know, this other thing we obliquely mentioned at the top of the show, which is the EA earnings call, where they're like, Battlefield 6 is going to be uh, the most next gen of next gen games is going to be exclusive on the next gen. Har- oh wait, what you can't buy them? Oh yeah, no, it's coming out on Xbox One and PlayStation Four. Um, <laughs> it's going to be exclusively what- on the next gen console for the people that only own the next gen console. That will be yeah for they, everyone I mean, they, else. <laughs> they literally backtracked and were like, "No, we're putting it on those." Wait, how many million of people own those? <laughs> well, yeah, no, we need those. We need that potential sales. Um, so I think that's what a lot of these companies are looking at right now is. There's just not the install base because people can't get them because of all the crazy uh, constraints for manufacturing, which, again, is COVID uh, to a large extent. So um, it's I would be shocked if E3 is we got new hardware announcements. But having said that, I don't think it's going to be very long into the life cycle that we will see some sort of PlayStation 5 light. Uh, because it's so big and people have commented how big it is. I think there will be a redesign. I don't think we're close to it, but I think at some point relatively soon, it will be, you know, there will be some new uh, version of it. I would love it to be like, we all currently have it. You just open up your PS5 and there's actually already the little one in it, you know? (laughs) It's like a nesting dolls of PS5s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> surprise surprise yeah I, i'm definitely tempted to get that red controller though it's it, it's it really looks like nice. spider-man it, it, and as jake yeah. mentioned it does have that and i think it's maybe the clear over the color on the d-pad and and face buttons it looks so i'm i'm literally sitting here trying to justify yeah anyway like how can i buy this and still write it off you know like <laughs> it'll be interesting if they'll be you know you best buy i'll have a row full of controllers but no consoles you know that's probably like well you can use it with your ipad now so <laughs> oh i'm gonna get to that i'm gonna get to that big time ooh, christian ooh, yeah geez. as i have okay. not had a good time trying to make that happen okay um, okay yeah um all right so as you mentioned my stories of the week um there's some VR stuff that I'm, I'm excited about <laughs> that's happening. Uh, the, the, if I had to choose only one of these, I would be... Which you the, won't. Which I won't. <laughs> uh, it would be the, uh, the PSVR 2 specs rumors. It feels like we're getting uh, drips and drops of information regarding PSVR 2 coming more and more frequently, which leads me to believe that we're going to hear about it relatively soon and that it's getting closer to being a, a final product. Um, so upload VR had a, what they said is confirmed to be in development at Sony, um, a version of the PSVR two that has a 4k panel, which basically means you get uh 4,000 by 240 or you get 2000 by 240 per eye, which is better resolution than Oculus quest two. But again, this is not two screens. It's one big, very high res screen split in half, which is how Oculus quest two works. Um, 
But again, better resolution, not tons better, but better. And the the Quest 2 is pretty sharp. I really like it. It's a big improvement from the first Quest. Big improvement from PSVR, uh, (laughs) which, you know, I guess low bar, but... um, and they also mentioned that uh, there will be inside-out tracking, which we've suspected for a long time, which means no external camera needed to set up in your room. Love that. I think the camera situation for PlayStation VR was obviously retrofit from old tech and not great. Uh, we know those controllers that we've seen uh, images of will be much closer to what is the state of the art with the Index and the Quest 2. So that'll be great. No longer having to worry about move wands which is nuts and uh do they, they make say, do they make the move wands in red though because if so <laughs> oh yeah let's I'll get those. Keep them around. Let's get those. <laughs> um the the report also mentions gaze tracking for foveated rendering which is great it means um it basically means that it doesn't have to render the edges of the, your vision uh in, in as high fidelity uh because it can tell what part of the screen you're looking at so it basically allows uh, games to uh, better utilize their oomph, right? Their, the, the hardware can be pushing pixels where you're actually looking instead of in the periphery where you're not really seeing it anyway. Uh, that's a big, big deal for making games look better. And um, it, it also notes that the headset will feature a USB-C connection, which this article suggested might mean it will not be wireless, but Oculus Quest 2 has a USB-C connection. That's how you power it. So I, I, don't, I don't know why that equals that but yeah i don't yeah wireless i would love but that does feel like a stretch to me i think it's going to be right. usbc they want to do all the processing on the system not deal with any lag i know that oculus the uh, quest 2 is now it's in beta but wireless from you know wireless link if i had to guess i guess psvr2 launches as a cabled experience yeah. i would be surprised if it didn't just because the whole point is that it's connected to your playstation right it's not a standalone device but stranger things have happened uh, i just was pointing out seasons of it <laughs> I'm lame i was just pointing <laughs> that was out good, that was good. That was sharp. <laughs> I, I was just pointing out that just the fact that it has a port doesn't mean what they say it means right you need a port to power it regardless so anyway i have a port can you milk me <laughs> christian with the what, you, you eat your Wheaties this morning? What is going hey, on? Everybody wants a deep meet the Fockers joke. A thirty-year-old yeah. movie. Yeah, oh uh, Jake. Let's try to move on from that as quickly as we can. Uh, are you are you a fan of VR? Are you excited at all about a potential PlayStation VR two based on these specs? Rumored yeah, specs. Yeah, this, this, this works out good because I, I like VR a lot. Uh, I also am not a PSVR user. I'm, I'm a PC VR person, but. I understand like the, the power that PSVR has in living rooms. And I, I have a lot of friends that like only have a PlayStation and that's their VR and yeah. they love it and they embrace it. So like, I'm so excited that it's getting around too, considering Sony bails on some things. Uh, and I, I, I think this could be pretty cool. I think the improvements that it would bring would literally change, change the game. I mean, what did, what did PSVR, they, they, they said they crossed over 5 million units sold right? yes it did very very well and i think i think this has the potential to do that as well especially if the 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 games are backwards compatible you know yeah. that you could have a playstation 5 uh make even the games that were on playstation 4 the vr games look a little sharper with this better uh um, display uh, uh head mounted display 
And if they keep the price point relatively low, um, you know, I, I think based on Oculus Quest 2, I'm hoping it's sort of in that range, right? Maybe yeah. they won't be willing to take as big of a loss as Facebook was willing to take. Who knows? But it, it, I think it's important for them to be able to keep the price point low. So putting all the bells and whistles in it makes me a little nervous that the price point is going to be high. But I, I would love this to take off and be launched with some great software and backwards compatible software. And people realize how good some of those uh, exclusive Sony exclusive VR games are. The, the less barriers, uh, you know, obviously, like with VR, it's like the less barriers, the more people are going to get in on it. And I, I, yeah. I think with it doing controllers, obviously, like controllers that are like real, not weird controllers from 10 years before the thing was made. Right. Uh, the the easier tracking, no cameras set up, one right. cable, bing, bong, boom. Like, that's good for people. And I, yeah. I think some people could be really amped with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you can plug one thing, just one cord into your PlayStation 5 and get this thing going... I think that would be huge because, it, it, you know, the pass through box and all the yeah. garbage you had to deal with with the first version, you know, it was not ideal. It was not but ideal. I, I think it also says a good a, a good bit about how fast the tech has moved and where VR is now from when the PSVR, the first one came out. Yeah. Also, for this oh, PSVR 2, the rumor of the haptic feedback in the headset, I think is pretty exciting. And, um, the, and the controllers, too. And the controllers. Because yeah. um, I remember when the PSVR first came out, the it was always not the best resolution, right? But the two things that people raved about for it were the comfort and yes. the ease. Like when PSVR came out, it was one of the easier ones to set up where yeah. you maybe yeah. already had your little move camera. Good and point. then the box was well explained. It was like two in here, one in here, and you're done. Because I remember it was around the time when it was like, okay, you have to have was the first Oculus like three USB-C cables and yeah. then two lighthouses? No, and, it was yep. three, it was three uh, USB 3.0 yes. ports, which at that time, very few computers had that many 3.0 port- ports. And I Vive mean, was like, okay, you need to crazy. drill into your wall. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, <laughs> so true. If you I have, really drilled into my wall. Yep. Uh, <laughs> here's your wood screws. If you have plaster <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, PSVR yeah, is like, so look, true. our camera's not great, but you have it. And everybody's like, yeah. it's so good. And also, you didn't have to worry about what computer you had. You know, it's like you've got the PlayStation 4 right there. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, so, but right. now it's, we've come so far in a short amount of time where it's like, I have to plug in a cable. Well, I hope it's still <laughs> easy to use. That's a good point. A great I'm, point. Excited. I, I'm excited for this. And so I, I love it, Christian, when you, you know, you compliment Facebook because basically Facebook made that happen. Christian, big Facebook fan. Um, uh, you can follow I me have, on Facebook at Christian does not have a Facebook. Sorry, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> the, 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 the haptic feedback in the headset, what, what's that about? I don't even know what that can feel like. Am I going to get the feeling of being punched in the head? That's what I've always wanted. <laughs> exactly. Have you played Creed's Ride for Creed, Creed Rise to Glory? Yeah, get ready to yeah. feel it. Experience yeah. it. And do, you want a, uh, do you want a headshot in your eyeball? That's where it's coming. <laughs> That's where you'll feel it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I, there, you know, I want to, I got to take a break and, and thank our sponsor, but I'll come back and <laughs> mention this other, uh, VR story, which is, I think also very interesting. Um, but I want to thank our sponsor Squarespace, uh, because they sponsored us from the very beginning and I love Squarespace. I recommend it to all my friends and family, anybody that needs a website. I say the only way to do it is to use the tools that you can find at Squarespace because it's easy. It's simple. You can do it yourself. You don't have to pay somebody. You don't have to hire a web developer. You don't have to learn HTML. It's all drag and drop. What you see is what you get. You just start with one of their templates. Excuse me. 
Uh, and they're professionally designed templates. Beautiful, beautiful, right out of the box templates. And then you start making it your own. You just drag stuff around, move whatever you need, drop in images. It's so simple. I built Jeff Kanata on Squarespace, still use it to this day. It was over a decade ago. And I, like I said, I recommend it to everybody. You can build a website that does anything you need. If you want to sell products, they have e-commerce. You just drag and drop it right in. It's so simple to build a storefront to sell things. So simple. If you want to blog or publish content, you can make something really beautiful and you don't have to pay someone else. You can make it yourself. And how great is that? It's actually fun to make it. You can try those tools out right now. You don't even need to give them a credit card up front. You just try out the tools and you also get a whole bunch of other things, including built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting. Uh, You never have to patch or upgrade anything ever. It's all done in the background for you. Plus, they've got 24-7 award-winning customer support. If you run into any problems, it's so nice to have that to rely on. It's optimized for mobile right out of the box. It's It's just the best way to do it. So what I would suggest, if you have any reason to make a website or buy a domain for that matter, really cool way to buy domains on Squarespace as well. I just did that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, head over to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. You'll get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use our promo code, which is also Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. Save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. If you just want to buy a new domain, you can do it there. It's so simple, such great tools. Thanks to Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and DLC. We appreciate it. Again, it's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me and promo code Jeff sent me for 10% off. All right. Um, the other bit of VR news, kind of not really even aimed at gamers, but HTC announced a new Vive Pro, the Vive Pro 2, alongside a new Focus, the Focus 3, two new headsets, uh, Vive Pro 2, obviously the successor to their high-end uh, PC VR headset from 2018. Uh, this one now has a 5K resolution display, which is pretty great, 2.5K per eye, and a 120 hertz panel, which basically means a lot more frames, higher refresh rate, really, really nice in VR. They've got a bigger field of view, a wider field of view, expanded to 120 degrees. I personally think the future of VR is wide field of view. So it doesn't feel like your vision is constrained, like you're looking through binoculars. Really, really nice that they're focusing on that as well. And uh, they say they've got new dual stacked lenses that virtually eliminates the uh, screen door effect that you can sometimes get where you see the the gaps between the pixels. Um, It's a really high-end headset, priced like a high-end headset, uh, which is a bit of a a bummer. Uh, $750 for the Vive Pro 2. Just for the headset. That yeah, that's not the with lighthouses. The track. And, yeah. yeah, you still need to drill into your wall. You, you have the controllers, <laughs> but no, yeah, no, no if you've wall got ex, drill. You know, ex, if you've got stuff already drilled into your wall, like I do, you don't need new ones, but they'll sell you new ones if you need them as well. When Jeff that's not, looks at a new house, he's like, "Where? How far apart are the studs in here?" Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> let me let me see. Uh, that's not even the most expensive headset that they announced, though. The Vive Focus Three which is the all-in-one, their standalone headset. It also has 5K resolution, 120-degree field of view. Uh, the refresh rate is only 90 hertz. But this one, the standalone headset, 1300 bucks. Now, this is not intended for you and I. This is not intended for gaming. They really are positioning the focus in particular 
at Enterprise, which basically well, it's not means intended business. for me or Jake, but Jeff, I think it's intended for you. I mean, I gotta, I just need an enterprise. I gotta build an enterprise. Uh, but, uh, it really is intended to be for virtual meetings, for, uh, companies to invest in their workforce and uh, create, uh, use virtual reality as a way to improve productivity. So, they, I mean, they, they mentioned zero gaming applications. It works with gaming applications. So that's kind of rad. I mean, it, it supports Steam VR. Um, but I don't know, Jake, do you have an opinion on, on these, it's, it's cool that they're doing this, but it's, I don't think it's really a gaming peripheral. Yeah, we, we talked about it this week on our show. It's very, like, interesting how, how much me as a, as a VR fan has kind of checked out from this whole avenue where I was, yeah. I was a first, I was a day one Vive user drilling those holes. Now, when I read these releases, I just like my eyes glaze over and I'm like, ah, not for me anymore. Oh, um, so I, I think it's good that they are pushing like it's great that they're pushing the boundaries. But I, I've also learned buying into every single thing as we've gone is that I shouldn't do that. That's not good. <laughs> it's expensive. Yeah. And the technology keeps moving forward so fast, like Christian was saying before um, that, you know, I'm going to invest. I'm going to spend thirteen hundred dollars on this. And then in like four years, it's going to be in contact lenses. So it's like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes. And I'm ready for the contact lenses, by the way. Yes. Uh, you're speaking my language. I mean, you can see my collection of heads a partial collection of heads uh yeah i'm not i'm not investing in these uh christian don't even get me started because don't talk me into it um okay i'll buy it no i'm sorry uh (laughs) i i'm excited for playstation vr 2 i'm excited for these uh gaming and, and i'm excited for when we start to see wilder field of view and i and i like the fact that as these incremental uh updates happen from these companies where you're seeing them put their emphasis. I think almost all of the things that were downsides for VR on day one, as Jake was talking about with the Vive, uh, are pretty much gone at this point. Like the, the these headsets, for the most part, are really comfortable. You can wear them for long periods of time. You don't get the, the God rays or the screen dooring. Like all of that stuff that were the big knocks when they first launched are gone. The, the, the Price point is still a problem, uh, but I think even Oculus Quest 2 is showing that that's even being uh, whittled down. So, I, you know, I'm encouraged, but I don't think, I'm, I agree with Jake that I don't think I need to get every little iteration anymore. Um, but when the big ones happen, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. You, you talked about the contact lens. Can I just say, like, this thing's hideous. It's so, like... <laughs> If Which you, one? The, both the, of them? Or yeah, I mean, it just it looks so big, and I know it has like the comfort like pro strap in the back and everything. But it's, they redid, they rebalanced all the weight on the on the the uh, yeah. focus. So I'm sure it's exquisite to wear, but it's just like even as an enterprise, it's like yeah, come on, we can do these. C- come on, Susan, come on, Richard, put on your industrial strength out. Like it, to me, that's the opposite. Well, hopefully Susan and Richard will be doing it from the comfort of their own home. Like, that's the whole point is that you don't have to go into an office because you just put on your headset. You don't think Carol Carol from HR has an AMD Ryzen 7. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean. Which, which, by the way, you also can't get right now. So I don't (laughs) even know what we're doing here. (laughs) You you talk about the pricing on these, though, also. uh, And this is a rumor we've touched on a little bit. I'm super curious wherever this Apple thing ends up being. 
the glasses that they're doing? Or yeah, the like their AR. Well, rumored that maybe they're going to do a VR first before it's a full AR. Like, yeah, their AirPod Max headphones are what five hundred, seven hundred dollar. Like, and yeah, they're I'm not seeing, nervous about having a high price point. That's for sure. Yeah, their no. computer monitor stand is you know several hundreds of dollars. And seeing what Vive's putting out with this uh, and the loss that Facebook is taking on it. Um, you know, in order to get that into your home, it's, it's an interesting volatile market still. And I'm very excited but to see what the next you, few years bring. Do you know what it's cheaper than driving to the office plane tickets? You know, it's cheaper than flying your, your team from New York to Los Angeles or New York to London or whatever it is. It's that's, the, I think that's what they're competing with. They're not competing with other headsets. They're not competing with your dollar for a console. They're competing with the company paying for, flights for the team or a one-time headset purchase so that everybody can be in the same virtual room together working on the collaboration you know yeah maybe yeah we'll see all right well let's uh let's talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call the playlist Jake, what has been on your playlist this week? Oh, boy. I've been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm guessing this isn't because you never played Mass Effect. No, no. I, lo- I love the series. I yeah. absolutely love it. So I, I was eager to jump in. We, we did some videos on it. And uh, now that the videos are out of the way, now I'm just like coasting through and just savoring every sip of it like a fine wine. <laughs> So big fan of the Mass Effect series is th- what is your feeling about how well they did this remaster? Very good. Although I'm playing on console and I bought it for the console convenience. Uh, mm. A lot of my PC friends and I, I'm a PC player too, but sometimes I just like to sit on the couch. And so I, I've heard from a lot of PC players that the, the, it's not quite up to snuff in terms of accessibility and graphical options and uh, stuff like that. But as, as someone who just wanted to play it on console and went from playing it on what was that Xbox 360 yeah. to to this, it's it's awesome. It, it, like it can do like butt kicking 120 frames per second. I feel like it, the games shouldn't be allowed to have that many frames, but it's really <laughs> cool to see. And yeah. I, I think the fact that they put a lot of work into the first game like helps. I, I think it makes a difference. It shows that they they did take a minute to put some love and care into it i I don't know if it was enough like i I think they did the best they could with the first game uh their bioware told me that you know they adjusted the cover systems and uh the ai and i couldn't really notice too much of a difference but the shooting is a little bit more responsive they've also tweaked some of the the rpg aspects in the first one Uh, but i'm really just there for the, the the world and and the planets and and the the, the building of, of friendships so to speak and yeah. for that it's been so good it feels like I, I, looking back now I remember being in it and making YouTube videos back by the time the third one released and it was like you know you could be critical and you could be cynical and you know it had its shortcomings the whole series but now going back to it it, it just feels like it was a miracle that this series even happened. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was huge at the time, it, and it, it. I'm wondering if you think that it enough was done to it 
to make people that never played it? Is it just a nostalgia exercise or do you think it really can hold its own next to modern day releases? I think it can. I think it can, especially for the people who just really want story and characters. Uh, Because I think this is like one of the best case examples of just the length of a video game being used to develop relationships and attachments to worlds and and characters. Mm. And I I think it's really good for that. I I put out a video a couple of days ago, just talking about it. And it it seems like people are really resonating with it. Who, who never played it before. They're they're like, wow. Yeah. I checked this out and uh, I'm already in love. This is so cool. I've gotten so many tweets and DMS being like, Hey, I'm two hours in and Oh my God, (laughs) which is just great to hear. I I love hearing people jumping into something like that for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I guess good writing is still good writing, regardless of when you yep. when you play it. But do you, do you find that the the visuals feel contemporary, or does it still feel like you're playing something very dated? Uh, in the first one, I think you only feel it in some of the animations, uh, some of some of the the conversation animations, the facial animations, and in gameplay and in shooting. Otherwise, I think aesthetically the game completely holds up, just presentation wise in general, from the, the yeah. menus to the music to the constant J.J. Abrams lens flares everywhere. Like it has (laughs) a very distinctive thing that I I don't think a lot of other games set out to try and replicate. So I I think it holds up for that. And I think that the fact that like it can look pretty good, even if you're playing it on just a base PS4 or whatever you have, uh, it's looking sharper. It's it's running smoother. And I, I, I think it has it's not old enough to turn people off yet. I think this is just like a little, a little bit better. That's great to hear. Um, I, uh, I, I guess you could say that it's, you know, if, if you're looking for bang for your buck, <laughs> it's a lot what, of like games, 300 hours of game right yeah. there. Uh, it's uh it's no joke and all the DLC and everything. Um, I'm having an absolute blast. Oh my God. Uh, I, so I, I've, I spent a ton of, t- so the, the way our video worked is that I spent a ton of time with the first one. Cause that, took the most work and they they did some things to it then i kind of just tested two and three and um so far so good and the the fact that all the dlc is there which is a ton more content it's like so much stuff uh it's also just it it, it, it's fun to go back because i never i basically played them when they were out and then i did like a second playthrough as like being a renegade and then that was it never looked Mm. back so for me, it's been good to go back where I half remember some things and I'm re-experiencing yeah. some things for the first time, especially because it's got that old Bioware DNA, so to speak, yeah. uh, with some of the way those decisions make uh, the, the decision making works. I, I love I'm a sucker for those games where it's like if you do something bad, you get a little a little bit a little bit of a bump on your bad meter and then you look <laughs> a little better. I just I love like little tangible things like that in games. So I'm yeah. like a sucker for that. I mean, we get that in real life too. Like I don't sleep that much and I get little darker circles under my eyes. So I feel yeah. like, you know, I'm yeah, living so, that yeah. it's corruption. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Christian, if you keep not sleeping, I'm told lightning shoots out of your fingers. <laughs> okay. It's worth it then. I'm, I'm going to keep going. Or at Mass- least you think it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's working. <laughs> Christian, it's been three days. Go to bed. You go to bed. Um, I am surprised, and I know there's been novels and comic books and stuff, but I'm surprised that there hasn't, and maybe something's in the works. I don't know. 
that there hasn't been a major cinematic or television mass effect mm-hmm. live action thing. Cause it is a property that allegedly, you know, it's kind of spun out of them not being able, not having star Wars still and kind of saying, fine, we'll make our own space opera. And a story that people love and a story that I think works really well, just as a story. I know three has its problems, but personally, I think most of those problems are with fan expectations over their choices. Um, not so much the ending necessarily. And then especially after the DLCs, but it just seems ripe for that type of world. And and it shocks me. Maybe this re-release and the next thing is going to be the precursor to that. But with these good video game adaptations coming out, Castlevania, whatever season four, which I know is animated, but like, I don't know. I'm just shocked that this universe hasn't had it yet, or at least talks of a a big budget adaptation. They have something. They they really do. Like even just the alien races and how they're all so fleshed out and interesting and distinct. And Mm. you can understand like the cultural differences between them and why these are like this and, and why Turians are like that. Even just like playing the first game, like right from the start, like they were so confident and it was just like, yep check out all this cool stuff we made enjoy and it's it's really wild just to kind of see it all play out and i i am it's almost a shame that we haven't had had more yet uh, besides andromeda but well it's interesting that i was going to bring up the fact that you know andromeda i think was obviously the low point for the series but having this remaster come out really i think has rubbed away any of that bad feeling from Andromeda. I think maybe time has helped. Uh, time has passed and people are like, eh, it wasn't that bad. But putting this remaster out, I, 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 you know, they're, they're talking about working on the next Mass Effect, whatever it's going to be. Uh, and I think we're several years out from that still. But there's a lot of love for this series, I think, that has been rekindled or, or people have gotten back in touch with because of the remaster. Uh, and it sounds like that's the case for you too, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like I needed like a little bit of a reminder, yeah. but I was like, man, I was all in on these games and I'm yeah. all in again. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. I, I wish I had that love for the series. I played all of them and like you, I, you know, I played through them and then kind of left them behind and haven't really, really revisited. But I was always much more of a Dragon Age guy than a Mass Effect guy. I, I just loved the shades of gray in the Dragon Age universe. And, you know, you talk about the the Paragon Vanguard thing. I always liked that the choices I was making in Dragon Age didn't feel so binary. Didn't feel like I'm either going to save everyone or kill everyone. It was yeah. more like, well, it's tough because if you make this choice, these people are benefit, but these people, that stuff happens. And if you make this other choice, that's the other way around. What are you going to do? I like that. Like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do rather than, well, I'm a good guy. So I'm doing the good guy <laughs> thing. You know. I even I've even learned to now with games like that, I kind of have fun uh, letting the writers trick me or surprise me where the prompt I go. Yeah, that prompt seems yeah, that prompt seems all right. That seems very Han Solo like. And then you <laughs> click on it and it's like you're Darth Vader and you killed everyone. You're like, wait, no, <laughs> yeah. but just go with it. Just roll with it. It's so much yeah. fun. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder for this, though, you know, you take you kind of mentioned the competence, uh, you know, of the first game. And I think for a lot of people, though, this is also has shown a light on Bioware before and Bioware now. And I think, yes, at least, I don't want to say other people. I'm curious, you know, what this next Mass Effect or Dragon Age will like what 
what type of bio, I know people have moved on, but what type of company is Bioware now? Because their most recent games have had some really, really high points, but I, I, I think it's safe to say aren't as beloved as early Dragon Age and, and this first Mass Effect trilogy. And, you know, even seeing this remaster get some of the best reviews of any recent Bioware game, you know, I'm curious what expectations or pressure that puts on the studio now going forward. Cause this is fresh in people's minds again. Well, this you know? is what they want. I'm sure they, they would much prefer people be high on them and excited for their next release than anything else. I would guess. I but. do think, and I'm not somebody like I, I have no experience in the development side at all. I'm an armchair guy through through, but I, I do always wonder about like, even if teams change and people move on, I think there's still always that core thing. And I'm like, people have to want to make different things. Right. Mm, I'm sure yeah. you guys want to make different content. Sometimes I want to make different YouTube videos sometimes. So like they have to not want to, there, there, there might be a lot of them that don't want to make Jade empire two or whatever. They want to try <laughs> <Right>. something different. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I, I, as much as it's like a bummer, I think sometimes it's hard to find that compromise between trying something new and staying true to your roots where you, yeah. you know, they made something like Anthem, which I think Anthem in a, in a different light could have felt, much more like an older Bioware thing in terms of like writing and world building and stuff. But it was ultimately just like a product that a lot of Bioware fans just didn't, didn't jive with. And that, that's, right. that's tricky, especially because from as far as I'm concerned, like that was a game that Bioware wanted to try and make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Christian, you don't have any desire to do anything else, right? Eight years in to the show, we're, we're still using the same bumpers. We're all, we're good, right? <laughs> we have no texts between us ever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what is our hey, new we playlist? are doing something new though this 2021 has been the first full year of video so even yeah, these old that. dogs even Congrats. these old dogs that's you know. not an easy feat to just be like yeah we'll do that now so good for you guys we're pivoting to video in 2021 because <laughs> we hey. heard that they started doing that in 2008 yeah. next week we're going to be all over the clubhouse baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh Quibby, here we come. No. Oh. Uh, Christian, what is on your playlist? So was it last week when I talked about, or maybe two or three weeks ago, my Fusion Power A uh, Nintendo Switch um, fight stick? Yeah, so, you were lording it over me. Oh, uh, it was so good. So, you have so many sticks, you don't know what to do with them. And here I, I am, stickless. I have another stick, Jeff. Um, I have been looking for a um, Genesis fight stick. Hold on, I'm rolling away from my microphone to get something. Okay. It's like you it's like you had no idea you were going to bring this up. Well, I didn't know I was going to get this. So, I have from my youth, something I saved up for in the video, you can see this. This is the oh original six-button Sega Genesis stick. I bought this year, you know, whenever, forever ago. Used it a lot on NBA five, Jam. 5 5 years ago five in years. 1998. Everything is 5 <laughs> years ago. It it you know, it's not swan apart. It's it's a whatever. It was a nice stick back then before we knew what real sticks were. I've kept it. I still use it. I've talked about it. It's not great. Drifts, blah, 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 not responsive. I've bought dongles to try to attach other sticks to my Mega SG. Nothing has ever worked right. I have been looking for a Genesis stick for a very long time. I haven't been able to find anything because Genesis is not as popular. Like, there's more options on the SNES. They're just it's a more popular system. Uh, more options for sticks and adapters. Um, Benja Edwards uh, makes wonderful 
mini sticks for um, SNES and also PC BX line, BX 110, I think is what a lot of them are called. And a, probably about five years ago, he made Genesis sticks. I've been chatting with him on Twitter and I'm like, Genesis, I'll send you a six button. I need a, I, at this, I, I just need, I need a thing. So what's been on my playlist, my friends, is Streets of Rage 2 played on my custom serial number one of one. Custom? What? Wow. BX-112 Genesis stick. All swan apart. Wow. With no adapters needed. This puppy plugs. See, this one I was ready for. With the six button controller. Oh, yeah. Board in there. Look at that. Custom box picked my buttons. You're saying black controllers aren't sexy? Look at this. Is this this a service that you can do, or is this you just talk to somebody into making it for you? So bench makes he does a lot of the snes ones still you can find them and you know he'll post them from time to time that he's he's got oh i've got uh let me pull up let me see if he has any right now he's like oh i have a couple of snes if you know if anyone wants one um you can you know let me know dm me and his twitter's just at benj edwards he does a lot of stuff at vintage computing um and uh stuff with fast company rich or not it's like he's into vintage gaming and i've followed his stuff on twitter for a while he got me into following him got me into the screenshots of like old games on a crt tv versus the, even the best pixel and yeah. now i want a, a new small crt uh because i'm deep in it now you get to get that widescreen crt that sony that people are like coveting now you yeah. see all that stuff about playing control on a crt yeah. is supposed to be like butter because yeah. yeah, the frame rates. Anyway, there's like one model of widescreen CRT that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I don't want widescreen because this would be for my Mega SG. I want like a 13 inch middle CRTV. Anyway, I have the analog uh, deck kit, so I can do it. But I've been following him on Twitter for a while and seeing his posts of the SNES ones, and I started talking to him. We became kind of friends online. I was like, "What? I need, I need this." And I think I finally broke broke him because uh, he <laughs> agreed to build one for me. Um, I paid for it. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't, uh, I will glad you do do this for, he's like, Genesis sticks are a lot of work. It's like a lot of custom drilling and soldering because this, and this is the reason I think you don't see a lot of them. You're like, yeah, but begging is a lot of work too. Have you seen how how many tweets, uh, the six button controller is odd is my understanding of like the circuit board and what you need to do to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's so good. And this is a nice, it has a good weight. It's mini. So it fits really well. Like I just slide my keyboard up. I can play it here on my desk. And can you playing. say what, what, what we're talking as far as money or do you want to not say you get friend prices? Um, let's just say the new consoles are a little more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> this is your, this is your VR headset. Is yes. What this is? Yes. Yeah. This is, uh, this is, I, I, I would be happy to say a price Benj, if you're listening, I can say a price but I don't want to say a price without talking to him because this right. is, I don't know if he's making them. This is a BX-112 right. signed by him, serial number one. He hasn't made one in a very long time. Um, <laughs> very cool, man. So I, you're playing I, Streets of Rage 2 on it? I paid for it. It was expensive. Yes, yeah, Streets of Rage 2 is the game that I really dove in on and I did not beat it. I got to stage eight. Streets of Rage 2, one, exquisite soundtrack. Just absolutely exquisite soundtrack. Two, you know, we talk about uh, how Doom 2016 was this awesome game because it did the thing that games used to do of like you beat a boss in one level in the next level. It's like, that's not the boss anymore. 
that's just an enemy you encounter. Yeah. And Streets of Rage 2 is the OG of that game. Streets of Rage 1, kind of. But Streets of Rage 2, once you get into those later levels, it's like, here's a screen full of just regular thugs and also the last three bosses you faced. Yeah. And that's just a screen. And what's fascinating to me in replaying it, and I dabble, I mean, I own Streets of Rage on my 3DS and I played them a bunch. But going back to it and again with with a stick and really kind of dialing in on it and trying to beat it in a sitting is how this was the one of the first brawlers built not as a, 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 a coin-op game. So even then trying to compare that game from Final Fight or golden axe which were meant to steal your quarters and how the gameplay could be different for a console only release and there are certainly cheap hits in it but it also i do feel like is more pattern memorization mm. than some of those earlier brawlers where it was like it, this is going to be twenty dollars to beat <laughs> yeah um long-winded way of saying i love my stick in streets of rage 2 i think is an important game for that lineage of like what four became what some of what turtles might be and what games like doom and even returnal are pulling from these arcade games of, of yesterday and bringing into modern formats. It's, it's real exquisite. Cool, Cool, man. Wow. That's awesome. And then one more, more modern game. I am playing more of a resident evil village. I I love this game, Jeff. Really? you were it's, a little more, uh, I think you were a little more equivocating a little more about it last time. Well, the demos, I think, left me the most, like, I don't know. Um, it It is, I stand by what I said last week, that it is the highest value budget B-movie, you know, ever made. Like, <laughs> dude just remains an, an idiot. You know, just right. a real nincompoop of a protagonist. It embraces its goofy that you're in control of. And so now as yeah. I've been playing it on PC more last week, I said the frame rate's been rock solid. It's been a really good PC port since then, as I've gotten into maybe some of the bigger environments or later part of the games, I've had some of what other people have reported in terms of stutters and stuff, but nothing that has affected my gameplay in any real way or shape. Um, but the question I kind of want to post to both of you about it is as I've been playing it, I've been trying to, you know, why is it scary, right? Like it has wonderful, I play with headphones and virtual surround sound and there's that ambient creaking that happens where I will literally, I'm like, I live in an old house. Is that, is that my house? Is that the gate? Okay, I'm playing with the light on because if I don't, my front monitor is too bright that if somebody's at my door, I can't see them. You know, if my kid's like, daddy, I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. Daddy, very scary. But at its core, and then Jake, I'm curious, you know, your experience with kind of the horror genre, um, at its core, it's it's any other game. I'm going into a room and shooting all the people in it. And if I don't, I die. And I lose a little bit of progress before I load my save. Why is it so scary? <laughs> I, I think Resident Evil specifically plays with the idea of uh, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. Uh, in a way that other horror games don't. It's hard to explain why, but I've always gotten that philosophy from them, uh, from obviously like the enemy encounters, but also like the puzzles and all the weird stuff. It's like, this is locked because 
yeah, obviously we live here. We have the key with the diamond in it that you, you wouldn't know that you dummy. You don't know that the key is in the statue, do you? Cause you don't live here. So I feel like it's always kind of had that weird unsettling where you're like walking around. I'm not supposed to be here. I got to get out of here. That, that, that works really well, especially considering this one has kind of stepped away from the survival horror resource anxiety that seven had. That's uh, true. Seven. It was super tight. This lets you go a little hog wild, but it still manages to have that same tension. It's It still gives you that sense of like you got that last shot off right before that guy got to you. Mm. I, th- I think that's the other part of it. And especially with with Village, they there's <laughs> there's one part of the game that is is horrific in a way that Resident Evil has never been. And I, I thought that was very cool of them. Uh, so good luck if you haven't gotten to that section yet. No, yeah, it, it. I feel like it's it pays respects to the franchise in a lot of ways. And there's like lore stuff that goes over my head, I'm sure, that references. I've played the, all the mainline games, but it'll still say something in a way that like I'm supposed to know what that means. Like there's some clear stuff where it's like, what are you buying? That's what a friend used to, you know, you're like, oh, I got it, wink. Then yeah. there's other stuff where I feel like the game winks at me and I'm like, I don't, okay, um, but it is it, it, it's it's i think you're right like they they push the genre in a way but that i hadn't thought of it. It, it you really yeah you feel like you don't belong here you don't belong in the village you don't belong in the castle people straight up tell you you don't belong in the village and then in that castle it is not your space it's beautiful and and wonderfully rendered but it's not a place that you know yourself you know your way around and then since they've done with two remake um this idea of being pursued and it's not quite as prevalent um, at least where I am uh, in village. It kind of comes and goes that being pursued feeling. Um, But that also adds anxiety to that exploring an unknown space. And I don't think I put those two together. Um, The only other thing that I thought of that I think makes them so scary now in this first person is it has a very restricted field of view like jeff oh, we were yeah. talking about vr yeah. um village i mean it's a full screen obviously but it, it's like you're playing through binoculars in terms of you have no yeah. peripheral vision yeah it's um, rough it yeah but i really like it i still highly recommend the game i have not finished it yet i feel like i'm getting close um but it, it's it's a hoot it's interesting jake that you say that this one issues that resource scarcity thing because i i would if somebody asked me what makes Resident Evil as a franchise scary, having not played this one at all, I would point to that as being a big reason why the survival horror thing of you're, you don't know what the save is next. You got to run back to that typewriter or whatever. Uh, you, you got however many bullets left in your clip. You got one green herb. It's the scarcity that adds the tension of like, Oh, I don't know. What do I do? How do I do it? I'm slow to reload. There's monsters after me. It's all of that. Uh, it's interesting to, to hear this one kind of moves away from that it's a bit. still there and if yeah. you want to ramp up the difficulty you you can get it but i'd say it's equivalent to like f- how four did it where mm. four you're still scrambling for resources but there's a lot of moments where it's just like you're in a room and it's like shoot everyone go yeah. for it so it, it has a lot of that but yeah. you're still at the end of the day frantically cracking open every crate trying to find a little little green herb that you yeah. can combine with another herb right. so then you know it's like stuff like that and I think the enemies, too, as you encounter more of them in different types, I wouldn't call them bullet sponges per se, 
because to me, a bullet sponge is something maybe like in gears where it just kind of keeps coming at you and it just like takes all the bullets. Like the enemies in, in Resident Evil Village, they really get hit back. And like in any other game, that'd be a death animation. But then yeah. because it's Resident Evil, they're like, nope. And you're like, oh, okay, how many bullets do I have? And then you got to keep, and I think that adds to that tension. But yeah, Jake, to your point, like I have a sniper rifle and I'm using it. Yes. <laughs> in some Resident yeah. Evil games, it's like you get the rocket launcher. No, I don't. I don't have a, I'm never going to use this thing. Yeah. I have one rocket. <laughs> it, it, it's funny how it does still keep the core identity from the very first game, except now you're shooting werewolves that are like dancing around trying to dodge your bullets. <laughs> but it's still, when it comes to you centering on the target and firing a bullet into it, it's still from Resident Evil 1 to now, it's pow. Okay, that's a bullet. Pow. Okay, that's a bullet. They're still walking. Pow. Okay, that's yeah. a bullet. They're still walking towards me. Like that thing yeah. is still there. Yeah, it's real good, Jeff. I'm I'm, I'm not saying you should play it because it is still that. Yeah, but it's not. I, I do think they learned lessons from seven, and to me, it feels more playful. It's a uh, ride. A fun. Yeah. It's a ride. I will. I will play it if you play. It takes two. Oh crap! Yes, yeah. you must. I, I put me on that list too. It's <sighs> so great. It's That's so excellent. so good. Okay, um, well maybe I'll play. It takes two if, um, Ethan calls me in real life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Why am I calling you? This well, is such a dumb idea. Where's my uh, family? <laughs> I did play something that you wanted me to play this week, but let me uh, let me thank our second sponsor first, which is Ritual. Ritual. Hey, do you take a multivitamin? You should take a multivitamin uh, if you're not taking one. It's useful. It's good. It's good for your health. It, you gotta. You don't get enough nutrients just from the foods you eat. You, it's good to supplement. But if you do take a multivitamin, and you should, do you know what's in your multivitamin? Do you really know? Sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides. All of those are ingredients you might find in a multivitamin. But Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Ritual was designed around the idea of knowing what's in it. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use with no shady extras. Now, my wife has been taking Ritual for many months now. She's been a huge fan. I started taking the Ritual for men. There's a number of different... Uh, varieties you can do the uh the ritual for men ritual for women ritual for teens these are multivitamins that are scientifically developed to help support different life stages and they've got vitamin d3 to help fill gaps gaps in your diet they also have uh fresh tasting delayed release capsules that are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of your stomach so you can take them with or without food and that's my wife's favorite part of ritual is she has a very sensitive stomach she can't, she'll get really queasy and un, unhappy if uh, she takes a, a regular vitamin without food. And it's uh, annoying to have to fit it in when you're eating. Sometimes you forget about it or you it's not convenient to take the vitamin then. So it's nice that Ritual isn't divi- designed that way. You can actually take it with or without food and it won't uh, upset your stomach. Uh, and it's made traceable. This is something they spend a lot of time working out so that you always know where your nutrients come from. And that's thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. You know what you're putting in your body. It's pretty great. And 
It also makes your habit of taking a vitamin super easy because you have a subscription. Uh, it's delivered to your door every month with free shipping, always. And you can start snooze or cancel your subscription anytime. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering listeners of DLC 10% off during their first three months. Three months, that's pretty great. With ritual.com slash DLC, go there, start your ritual today. Again, that's ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash DLC to get 10% off your first three months and start your ritual today. All right, um, so Christian had been very much uh, enthusiastic about a new Apple arcade game, relatively new Apple arcade game called Wonderbox. I'm so nervous. I I was traveling this week, so uh, I wanted to give it a shot. Give it a, I wasn't really around my consoles and stuff. And so I figured pop it onto my iPad. I still got that free trial Apple arcade month working for me. (laughs) Probably it's probably auto charging me at this point. Um, Just pretend it's still the free month. Pretend it's free. Yeah. Um, so I was super excited. Now, I've not played a lot of Apple Arcade games on my iPad and therefore had not taken the time to set up a controller input on the iPad, which oh Christian, you assured me was a snap. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, I believe you said. That sounds like me. I did not find that to be the case at all. Um, well, I have uh, yet, I have a, about somewhere around 450 give or take controllers in my world <laughs> i couldn't get wonderbox to let me play with any of them no wow not a one what uh, i select controller on its setup menu and it just ignores me it just unselects that uh i had a hard time getting my ipad to find a controller but i finally made i finally got it it won't see any of my xbox one controllers the Dual Sense Four, or excuse me, Dual Shock Four, um, it would find it, but then it would give me an error that said, "Sorry, I can't talk to that." So I the Xbox why. One controller, it needs to be the air quote newer the Bluetooth, one with yeah. Bluetooth. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming that's not what it was. So I ended up finally going to the uh, the Series X controller with fourteen pounds by five. It should work. Yeah. Found it. Told me it was communicating to it. The controller stayed on, which means the controller knew it was talking to it. The iPad knew it was talking to it. Wonderbox would not let me select controller. I can, <sighs> I, that's not true, actually. I could select controller, but as soon as I left the settings menu, it switched back to touch. What? So I have, you... I have yet to play that game with a controller. Aww. And I will tell you, the touchscreen controls are infuriating! Unless you're building. Unless you're building. Yes, it is not. It's dual analog touchscreen. Don't, don't, man. It's not really dual analog. I mean, I guess it's trying to be, but... Yeah, I mean, what, how I would play it is I would move, 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 and then pick up my fingers and rotate the world and move, yeah. move, move. Because it's like, it's hard, you can't play it like a dual analog. At least I couldn't. Maybe I'm just bad. But yeah, I think the game is gorgeous. I love the aesthetic. Love it. It is, I think you described it in the perfect way. It's those uh, those toad, uh, Captain Toad. Um, treasure tracker, yeah. Treasure tracker levels from Nintendo mixed with a little Zelda. Um, and I think it, it's gorgeous that these little diorama worlds, these little, uh, you know, you carved out a cube, like think, imagine a Rubik's cube and you carve out the center of it and you build a little world in there. So the edge of everything is squared off. So it's awesome when you have like waterfalls that oh. cascade into rivers that hit the edge and then just have 
water that has been chopped at the end. It's probably a terrible description, but I love how it looks. It's a beautiful, a beautiful aesthetic. Um, and I think it, it's, it's colorful and cartoony and each new level that I open up is really inventive and uses its color palette in beautiful ways. And, but it's also really simplistic. I find the it's, game. It starts that way. So one, I want to say if I can get you a backbone and by get you, I mean, get backbone to send you one. Cause I bought mine and I I've praised it enough that I feel like they owe me. <laughs> yeah. If I can get you a backbone, you owe me. Now we're just <laughs> Jake. This is the episode where Jeff and I just barter with each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sounds like a threat. If I get you a backbone, <laughs> I get you a backbone. You're going to use it. You're going to pay $5 for one more month of Apple Arcade. You've never had your own backbone. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. If I, if I buy the red PS five controller, okay, then you need to, um, <laughs> I will, I will cop to the fact that I've not played deep into this game. Uh, and so maybe it does get a lot more complicated and, uh, interesting. I, I, I like it. It felt like a, a frivolous, fun diversion. I sensed that if I had an, a controller, I would like yeah. it a lot more because it is. It, it, it really is like, okay, you walk behind something and you have no idea where you are because you need to rotate that cube around to see where the little hole that you just walked through leads to. Um, and doing that is just agonizing on the iPad. It's just, it, yeah. It, it's because you can also you you rotate all the axes, right? So you can rotate the Z axis as well. So you can pivot your perspective up and down, which invariably I would do when I did not want to, because my finger doesn't just pull in a straight line. You know, I'm I'm trying to rotate the world and then all of a sudden it like moves the perspective as well. And I was just like, oh, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but maybe- if I had a stick. I would be able to feather that in a much more sophisticated way. Maybe I'll let you, now that we're all vaxxed, I'll let you borrow my backbone or you can have the family over. Or we'll come over and, you know, the kids can play and I'll shepherd you off to a little room and I'll play with your Vive uh, or no, your uh, index and you can play with a controller like on an iPhone. Because the game, it is, it starts off very simple and then builds. And, and where I am, I'm fairly deep into it, but it never becomes the most challenging Zelda temple and the combat's not like Dark Souls, but it's just the later levels just made me smile where it's just like, yeah. Oh yeah. I grapple over there and find this. That is so nice. And it was just like, you know, it's not fun grappling with your finger. No. I, cause you'll, in, I fell off things so many times cause the grapple was just like a slightly off of where I was targeting. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I need, it, it needs to be a controller game. The other thing that I find interesting about it, and maybe this changes too, as, as you progress, but it feels like all of the, infrastructure is there for it to have been a regular mobile free-to-play game like the number of unlocks and little bits and bobs that you can get um to customize things all felt like monetization hooks that they ended up just not using because it was an apple arcade game yeah i don't know i I like them i mean it feels like just that's how games used to be you know you play and you stuff you unlock stuff and it's like a nice feeling and now i can go you know, if I wanted to build, I can dress up my uh, maps that I'm building and make them right. all night themed and or like treasure themed or my character right now, I think, is a rabbit. Like it just they feel like kind of nice little perks. Like that's how you used to get skins. Remember, Jake, right. when you used to get skins by beating a game and not paying epic $20, you know, remember? Or Game Shark. 
Yeah, <laughs> Game Shark. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for trying it. I'm bummed no, that the I controller like experience didn't work out well for you. I, I spent a lot of time trying to get controllers to work on my iPad. And maybe I should have just switched over and played it on my phone, but I really wanted to see it on that bigger screen. And I think it shines on that bigger screen. It's beautiful. Um, I, I think the game is really attractive. If it was a switch game, it would be perfect. Like it needs to be on switch. I, I'm just not sold on this whole Apple arcade concept in general. I don't think it's done well. Here's the thing that angers me the most is there should be a front end for Apple arcade where I set up a controller and it just works in all the Apple Arcade games. Why do I, why does each game ha- I have to select controller in the settings for each game? Yeah, that's why a game center it, thing. Yeah, if it registers it, like when I, again, this is oh, not maybe I'm a, not doing it right. It's just an ad. When I have my backbone connected and I switch between Apple Arcade games, it, it, it just knew. Yeah, like yeah. I'll play NBA and then I'll go and again with backbone. You can go to their hub and just switch from games within that it just it registers how the controller is connected it's kind of like you know the mouse or the key it just knows it's there but i will agree that connecting a lot of controllers especially the xbox or playstation which i have had work but it's always like hold down a start don't fart or sneeze and sink it (laughs) it's very difficult to do on any given 30 second stretch especially for me uh yeah the show is just a nightmare of me muting my mic over and over again (laughs) i do a lot of editing in post um no the the, i mean maybe i'm just exposing myself as a, a terrible it person but i i i you know i recognize that i wasn't gonna be able to get 90 percent of my xbox controllers because they're not bluetooth and but I thought I could get the dual shock and, and the iPad registered it, but then kept giving me errors. I don't know what that was about. Um, there were some people saying that it's not charged enough. I was like, well, OK. And then I plugged it in and let it charge more and it still didn't work. Um, and I tried. I, and I finally went to the Series X. And I was like, I don't want to unpair this for my Series X, but I will for Christian. Thank you. And, uh, I and it, it, takes found two, it. it takes two today. <laughs> yeah, right. I will. Um, <laughs> it, it found it. it. It, it, seemed to be the iPad thought it knew, saw it in the, you know, Bluetooth settings. It was like connected to your thing. But every time I went in to use it in Wonderbox, it just would unselect that option. And frustratingly wouldn't tell me I would select controller and then it would just, I would leave the options and it was like, you're not yeah. using a controller anymore. It's so weird. Cause I don't even select. I just like, push a it button on the controller and then it the interface changes it's like press yeah. a to do this right button to do this you, you know it may be down to the fact that you might just have a much newer ipad than i have well i play it exclusive almost exclusively on my phone um, oh i've well, played it go. on my ipad because i wanted to see it on the bigger screen but the way the backbone controller works is that it literally clips on to your phone i still have problems pairing even with like android it, it's just story yeah. of the, the, the gamer problems you know yeah yeah. But I, I mean, I agree with your larger point, Jeff, about, and I've probably said this too many times, Apple Arcade is a wonderful idea that is so flawed in its delivery. Half-baked, man. Yeah. And also, like, the way they advertise it also kind of throws shade at every other game on the App Store. You know, it's like, you don't have to do all that other crap. Meanwhile, check out all the other games. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, no annoying loot boxes. But by the way, have you played Call of Duty? And no annoying. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But it is it's 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 super frustrating, and I think not you know it seems 
antiquated to say at this point, but like not a Steve Jobs approach to how they've integrated this stuff where it's like, yeah. does it need to support a controller? Does it need to support touch? How complicated can the touch can be? Uh, you know, what games are blah, blah, blah. You play portrait, landscape, controller, no controller. How do you play a game? How should you experience best experience a game? Whereas I think that's the beauty of a dedicated gaming console. You, you pick up your video game console. And even Jake, you mentioned right. about mass effect on the couch. You pick up your controller, turn it on, play game resident evil. I'm like, I'm getting some stuttering. Okay. I'll limit my frames to 120. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I want Apple arcade to turn my iOS device into a switch. That's what it should feel like. I should be able to push an app button on my phone or my tablet. And it's as if I just turned on a console that's built for gaming yeah, game like, mode or whatever. Yeah. Like why, yeah. why is that such a hard, dif- a hard thing to, to achieve? I don't think it should be. I was into it at first, just the the concept, the idea, like, yes, let's like do this with these cooler game projects and stuff. Uh, but now that I kind of bounced off of it, I find myself like just a couple weeks ago, they announced a new, like a completely new Oregon trail, Oregon trail, however you yeah. say it. Yeah. Um, and it, I was like, Oh yes. And it was exclusive to Apple arcade. And I was like, Oh, oh man, no, and it, I <laughs> yeah. shouldn't say that. Like I should, I shouldn't have that feeling, but that's, right? that's how it is right now. I agree. Although I will say all of the app store listings show that Oregon trail is like the number one downloaded game on Apple arcade. So <laughs> you're not alone. There's a lot of people who are super excited about that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. And I feel like a lot of these games are trapped there. Like these, there's some cool games on Apple arcade and maybe I'm the weird one. And maybe there's more people enjoying them on Apple arcade than there would be on switch or whatever. But I no. feel like they're trapped there and there's no promotion. I don't have any yeah. sense of when a new Apple arcade game was released or w- what's cool about it. Or it just feels like this weird no man's land. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I was. I was so pumped just for it being like, oh well. I I know some people like you know like my my mom, m- m- uh, like my dad, like my wife, just random people who who aren't super into gaming but are like a step above just playing Bejeweled on their phone. And right. I thought this was. I was like, oh cool. This is gonna exp- Apple's gonna do it, and they're gonna be exposed to new game experiences. Uh, but they don't know about it. They don't. They don't even know that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be the kind of thing that I'm super excited about because it it removes what I hate about mobile gaming. It removes yeah. all of that predatory stuff. So it, I should be excited. It should be yeah. what I want to get for my kids, you know, but I, I, I just, they're dropping the ball as far as I'm concerned. I still think it is. I just think you need like it, the Razer makes one as well. Razer Kishi, which I think they yeah, also I make an Android uh, and an iOS kind of it clips on and, you know, connects. Um, but th- that's what's missing. It's like it either needs to be simplistic enough to not need a controller, or I think they should just kind of tell you, like, hey, like kind of how some games are like best experience with headphones. I think they need to say, like, connect a controller, and then Apple needs yeah. to, you know, like the way putting AirPods in is is seamless. Like they need to make that stuff really, really easy to, well, to make it you, pop. And it's just the not. The only thing that would have made me more angry is if Wonderbox had been saying, connect a controller. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I do think it's a, a very promising game, and I, I want to return to it when you send me that backbone that you're getting for free. Okay, for me. I, I mean, there and there is some, but I think what the golf and Jet Grindstone have come out of Apple Arcade onto other platforms. Yeah, yeah. So there's some hope. Yeah, there's hope. All right. Well, on that note, sorry. Uh, that's, that, no, no, it's my fault. 
Uh, I'm people. I'm sure I'm going to get many emails and people are like, you're just dumb. Um, but anyway, that would just be a regular week. <laughs> I mean, I send you, I sent you quite a few emails. <laughs> you, do, you do send me. No, those emails come from Christian Kreisper. That's not. Anyway, this can't um, be him. This is Christian dot Spicer at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those, but Jake Baldino, thank you so much for being here. It's been so much fun having you. This was a blast. This is like the, the most fun podcast, most fun I've had on a podcast in a minute. So thank, thank ah, you guys. What a compliment. That makes me feel great. Um, you're welcome back anytime, but in the meantime, where can folks keep up with you and the things that you make on the internet? Oh man. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Jake Baldino. That's my name. B A L D I N O. Uh, my day job is game ranks. So I do a Friday news show. I do all the before you buy first impression style videos. Uh, and then I'm working on my personal channel as well. I've kind of been trying to explore just talking about what I love. That's youtube.com slash my name, Jake Baldino. Fantastic. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Quick anecdote. I, I met a famous comedian uh, who I won't say their name. Um, and I was like, oh, I'd love to have you on this show. I was putting together and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And I was like, oh, cool. What's the best way? Email, text and get their phone number. Like, yeah, you can text me. But honestly, emails better i'll go to my assistant and we'll get it on the calendar and their email is something very similar to what you said jake where it's like my name and then their name and i was like i texted i was like hey it bounced but did you put the my name part in and i was like wait what (laughs) and their email is like my name christian spicer at (laughs) gmail.com and i I go how confusing is this for people and they were like, oh, all the time. But it, it makes me laugh. Like, I don't care. <laughs> well, that's like me. My, uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't say that. Well, I, I don't mind saying this. I've said it before. My um, my ha- handle on everything, like my gamer tag and everything is unpronounceable. The word unpronounceable. And it, all the time when ever press people are like, oh, we need your gamer tag for something. I'm like, okay, it's unpronounceable. And they're like, all right, well, then maybe just want to spell it. I'm like, no, it's the word <laughs> unpronounceable. That's uh, one of my businesses is called Updog Media. So I always get the question at the bank, what's Updog? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> the entire reason I did this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I named my business, This is a Robbery, which is like way worse. Twitter's the best way. <laughs> which account do you want to put this into? <laughs> this is a robbery. <laughs> uh, so that's from our account to yours or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Twitter's at Spicer. I stream this show usually Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And I have a new newsletter, which you can find at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And I haven't done one this month because I've been really wrestling. What I'm trying to wrap my head around is this is the idea of accomplishment in gaming and what that feeling is for me. Um, and I think it's a it's a tricky wicket and something that I'm trying to wrap my head around. But that I think is going to be the I know next what one. accomplishment for gaming is for you. It's talking someone into making you a arcade stick. That's true. And by talking someone into making it, me saying, "Here's money, please, <laughs> sir." That's um, the best way to talk to anyone into anything, really. I want to check that out because you just talking about playing Streets of like the act of like I'm going to play Streets of Rage, but also I'm going to play through it with this stick. Just sounded like very zen and like relaxing mm. and i'm oh. like i want to pursue something like that yeah christian does it on his standing desk and pretends that he's at an arcade and he's also 13 
<laughs> it's, it's really cool. And I stick gum under my desk and I realize yeah. it's my desk and I get upset. Um, <laughs> but no, it's great. I think, Jake, a stick on almost any game pre-dual analog makes the game better. It just makes the game better. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tiny letter. Yeah, tiny letter. Tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. Accomplishment. Because people were tweeting at me about Returnal, Jeff, from last week. And like, oh, yes. I got through the third biome and I just got this sense of accomplishment. And I was like... I'm writing about that right now. <laughs> like, tell me more. I think it's really fascinating that idea of that in gaming and how we internalize it. Yeah. Excited to read it. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have several other shows. If you're so inclined, you want to hear me talk about movies and TV shows. I do the slash film cast. You can find that at slash filmcast.com. Uh, this week, I think we're talking about uh, those who wish me dead and me you're talking about me i'm talking about christian yeah <laughs> pretty, pretty dark um i also do a comedy science show called we have concerns you can learn some science and laugh along the way you can find that at wehaveconcerns.com and i'm doing the dungeon run i'm back doing the dungeon run very excited super fun last week's episode was wild really really cool um very woolly very dangerous the team is skirting with uh some death it is, it is really a exciting time check it out you can jump in on any episode uh we stream live on wednesday nights at 6 p.m pacific time at twitch.tv slash the dungeon run we're also on youtube or as an audio podcast just search for the dungeon run you'll find it you can jump in on any episode we do a recap at the beginning of each episode catch you up uh it's a good time and i'm really proud of it all right let's Oh, you can also email us here, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. I don't know why it only does it on that one. Why does it do that? It's it's we went a little long, Jake's yeah. you know, even up even later. He's tired. People, we're, I'm tired. The last <laughs> time that happened, people were like, I loved it. Keep it in. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll maybe I'll let's see if I'll try it again, see what happens. That is so weird. Why is it just that one clip that does it? it, it maybe there's like uh, if you load too many clips in, it is haunting. Too yeah, many it's, it's clips. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Jake, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week that might not be a video game? Yeah, I did some reading. Uh, comic books. Uh, nice. I stumbled upon a book I've never read before. It's called Spider-Man Rain. Not R-A-I-N. Mm. It's R-E-I-G-N technically um very cool story uh very much kind of frank miller's dark knight returns take on spider-man a little cynical a little darker than i would even like spider a spider-man story to ever be told but i still found it like crazy interesting great recommendation yeah i love that story spider-man rain very cool and i'm i'm guessing you got on comiXology or something like that yeah it was uh i think it was like i have the comiXology subscription and it was available i had actually googled i have i was just you ever just sit around and think about like x men <laughs> all the i mean that was my entire teenage years but yes <laughs> <laughs> i was sitting around thinking about x men and i was like man that old man logan story was really cool so i literally just googled stories like old man ah, logan and spider man nice. rain came up and happily ever after i was like that was cool 
Right on. Very cool. Christian Spicer, how about you? You got a parting gift? I do. I think three episodes are out now. Um, Star Wars Bad Batch. It is the new um, Dave Filoni. Is that his his last name? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Animated Star Wars show on Disney+. Plus. It technically has a lot of shows before it. Um, I don't think you need to have watched all of his other stuff to understand this. I think you can jump in. I haven't rewatched any of those older Clone Wars shows and... I think they they start you off um, pretty with, with a good foundation for what it is. I think hearing the Emperor telling uh, execute order is kind of the equivalent of killing Uncle Ben. Um, <laughs> we've seen it a million times, but it gives you that that point of of where you are in the Star Wars universe. And Bad Batch, it's it's really good. It it kind of has the um, Halo Reach feel to it of like this ragtag group of stormtroopers that aren't your average clones um kind of off doing their own thing getting into trouble this elite squad and, and watching this i love it don't get me wrong i love it but watching this i just think why did we get a solo prequel story as a movie like yeah. where where were these stories i really liked rogue one even though it was tied into that universe but it's like all new characters and man, a Bad Batch movie directed by, I don't know, pick some exciting director. You know, like, the, yeah. it's so cool. Um, we never got that, but this story and, and what Dave has done in the Star I say Dave like we're like I know him. <laughs> what Mr. Filoni has Shout done to Dave. <laughs> over the years <laughs> is really good, and, and I highly recommend it. And I, I would say it's good for kids, too. Um, it's animation that's like that. You know, it's not pj masks but it's also not thank god because <laughs> bedtime um, is the right time is that like pepper also, pig what is that yeah peppa pig yeah, yeah. pj mask is my oh, my pig. son's favorite uh superhero cartoon it, it is as derivative as could possibly be uh but it's like a it's little kids that put on their pjs and become superheroes at night and it's terrible. And they all have oh, I was going to say that sounds good. <laughs> it's, it's a good. It's a good on on it's, board. It's yeah. I, it was a gateway drug to uh, Avengers uh, you know, stories that we now right. read at bedtime. But yeah, man, oof. Yeah, it's 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 rough. And hot slacks. It's oh, it's a series. Yeah, the first episode is over an hour, um, but it is a series. Episodes after that of Bad Batch are half an hour, and uh, cameo. <laughs> There's like a little little cameo in that in that episode. It's good. It's it's really it's really good, and they are. Um, I was gonna say yeah, it's not PJ Masks, but it's also not Invincible. You know what I mean? Like it's right. Disney Plus. It's good for kids, and it's a, it's a really good Star Wars story so far. Bad Bash. All right, uh, mine is a new show on uh, HBO uh, Max, I believe. Uh, it's called Hacks. Uh, this is with Gene Smart. Uh, again, this is a show for adults, but it is, I found it to be very, very funny. Uh, two episodes out, I believe, at the moment. Uh, if you don't know who Jean Smart is, she's been around forever. You've probably recognized her. She was on Designing Women back in the day. Uh, and she plays basically like a Bette Midler type or something, a um, a very, very famous, uber famous person who's kind of lonely and, and waning in her career. And she hires on a new young writer who has also got problems. Really funny like that whip smart fast uh zingers type comedy it's great it's really cool that's called hacks it's on hbo max 
We got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Melvin Singh. Melvin writes, uh, I wanted to suggest something that might be a remedy for a common issue brought up in the most recent episodes. As someone with probably too many streaming services, justwatch.com has become my go-to source for tracking down films and TV shows on the platforms they are available. Ah. You just type in the title and results will let you know where you can stream, rent, or purchase it. There's also an app version that you can keep on your phone if you need a quick search handy. Hopefully, features like these can become more commonplace on other smart devices, but for anyone else who doesn't have a Roku, Just Watch has been a godsend for me. Thanks to the two of you for always making me, uh, always giving me a positive start to my week. Thanks, Melvin. Uh, JustWatch.com. Sounds like you use this, Jake? Is that you... No, it sounds like a good idea, though. I could use that. I'm always like, why isn't yeah. there just like one good website where I could just find it that's constantly updated? I, I want to invest. <laughs> invest in Just Watch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check this out. It sounds like a very useful uh, useful resource. Uh, all right. If you want to have your parting gift read on our show, show send it to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Jake Baldino and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us live in real time. We appreciate you uh, watching the show in in the visual version, the video version. Uh, Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. And thank you to each and every one of you who take the time to listen to us each week. We are grateful. We'll be back next time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.